the listening pod. We hope you enjoy your next story. Simon Snake's Shoes for Mice. Simon Snake was a traveling shoe salesman. Well, a traveling shoe sales snake, if we wish to be proper about it. Simon lived in a large forest with his wife, Sandra, and their 27 children, whose names I can't quite remember. There are 27 of them. They made their home in a small den beneath a pine tree. It was wide and warm and had plenty of roots sticking out of the walls to set their dishes and family photos upon. But for a family of 29, it was starting to feel a little small. Sandra Snake had her lidless eyes set upon a very nice three-hole den on the upper east side of a sunny little hill overlooking a babbling brook that had just been vacated by a family of rattlesnakes looking to relocate to the attic of a farmhouse in Nebraska. But if they were going to afford such a grand home, Simon would need to sell a lot of shoes. And I regret to inform you that Simon was not, in fact, a very good traveling shoe salesman. Snake. It wasn't his fault, not entirely. Being a shoe sales snake was not his chosen vocation. In truth, he hated leaving his family and den every Monday morning for a long week on the road. He would have preferred a job that allowed him to stay at home and have more time for leisurely activities, such as finally finishing that novel by Charles Dickens about the famous snake, David Copperhead. But through a series of odd events that are best saved for another story, Simon had inherited a rather large inventory of tiny plastic shoes from an eccentric uncle who once nested in the roof of an abandoned doll factory on the outskirts of town. Perfectly sized for the slim little feet of plastic dolls or mice who wish to be a little fancy. Everyone knows that mice are the fanciest of all the woodland animals, so this might seem like an optimal arrangement, but there was one problem which you may have already figured out. Snakes eat mice. Now, of course, Simon made it a practice never to eat any of his potential customers. In fact, that was the very first thing he said when he slithered onto a new forest floor. I'm not here to eat any mice, he would announce loudly as he curled into a bed of fallen leaves. I've already had my breakfast, a tasty little frog. He continued as he flipped open the lid of his briefcase and began to pull out the tiny shoes. My belly is quite full. I'm simply here to offer you a bit of elegance in your life. 
he said as he set a pink high heel on the ground. At this point, he would usually look around hopefully, but there was rarely any movement in the trees or brush surrounding him. Or perhaps you wish to improve upon your tennis game. And he would pull out a small white sneaker and carefully arrange it next to the pink hill, looking about the forest floor again. Nothing. Or maybe just a nice, tasteful, everyday shoe, practical yet stylish, he would say tiredly, selecting a blue flat, and then he would look around one more time. Crickets. Perhaps that would be okay, but crickets were far too small for his shoes and would never be an adequate customer base. Simon would continue to remove shoes from his case, gracefully presenting them up in the air with his long tail, all the while assuring his clientele that no matter what, they would not join the yummy frog in his tummy. And finally, if he was very lucky, a mouse or two would cautiously poke their head from behind a tree, quite suspicious at first, wondering if this was simply an elaborate lunch ploy. But eventually their desire to be just a wee bit fancy would overtake their fear, and Simon would at last make one or two sales before he packed up his inventory and slithered away to a new neighborhood to start the whole song and dance all over again. Yes, it was a living, but not a very good living. Certainly not a living that would move his family into a three-hole den on the Upper East Side of a sunny hill overlooking a babbling brook that had just been vacated by a family of rattlesnakes looking to relocate to the attic of a farmhouse in Nebraska. One day, Simon found himself in the middle of a circle of pine trees. No different than any of the hundreds of circles of pine trees he'd seen in his travels. It was the end of a long day, and he was tired. But he let out a deep sigh and launched into the spiel he'd now perfected over the years. I'm not here to eat any mice, he announced loudly as he opened his case and pulled out a yellow high heel. And then he heard a tiny squeak. He looked up, quite startled. Just a few feet away from him, her paws clasped together and her eyes big, sat a little mouse. She didn't look scared or suspicious, not like all the other mice he'd ever met before. Perhaps he might make an easy sale and even have time to read a chapter of The Snakes of Wrath before bed, Simon thought optimistically. He grinned at the mouse, bobbing his head in greeting. Good evening, ma'am. My name is Simon, and I'm a traveling sales snake. Uh, now don't worry, I've already had my dinner, a delicious worm and ladybug sandwich. Can I interest you in a pair of shoes today? I have this lovely butter yellow pump in just your size from the looks of it, made from the finest factory plastic known to snakes and mice. Would you like to try it on? The little mouse nodded sweetly, and Simon slid the shoe over to her with his tail, making sure to keep his distance so he didn't startle her. As she crept over to retrieve the shoe, he caught a whiff of something strange and unpleasing. 
He tried not to recoil from the smell as the mouse slipped the heel onto her foot. Lovely, he said, and hoped it wasn't too obvious when he slithered back a few inches, trying to escape that strange scent. What was that? The mouse finally spoke. Thank you, she said brightly, though I'm afraid I don't often have the occasion to wear such a fancy shoe. Simon's grin faded. Maybe this wouldn't be as easy a sale as he thought. She continued, a traveling sales snake. Oh, you must be quite far from home. Life on the road isn't always the easiest, is it? You must be quite tired at the end of each day. Simon frowned a bit. This wasn't usually how conversations with his customers went. But he still very much wanted to sell at least one pair of shoes today, so he tried to smile. You're right, he admitted. Being a traveling sales snake is not always the easiest life, especially when your customers always assume you want to eat them. The mouse nodded, and he could read the sympathy in her eyes. And though he didn't know why, perhaps due to the late evening and the fact that it had been a very long week and he missed his family... He spoke more honestly to this rather stinky mouse than he had to anyone in a very long time. In truth, I wish I didn't have to be a traveling sales snake. I wish that I could have a little storefront just a short slither away from my den, and that each night I could come home to my family and read my books from the comfort of my own bed. But, alas, I sell shoes to mice. And no mouse is going to visit a store owned by a snake. That's why I must travel far and wide to sell my shoes. And yes, I am quite tired. It's been a very, very long day, and I haven't sold a single pair of shoes. Now, can I show you a nice athletic shoe, or perhaps a slipper? But the little mouse ignored his question. And for the first time, Simon noticed that she stood in front of a bag of her own, though hers was larger than his. I have just the solution for you, Simon Snake, she squeaked. And from the bag, she extracted a long tube of fabric. Now it was Simon's turn to be suspicious. don't believe I've introduced myself yet. My name is Molly Mouse, and I am a traveling sales mouse. You may have noticed my scent. That's my garlic perfume. I know how much you snakes dislike garlic, and I must inform you that I likely taste as bad as I smell, so don't get any funny ideas. Simon sniffed again. Yes, garlic. That's what that stink was. She continued, I sell sleeping bags to snakes. Only the finest sleeping bags carefully extracted from laundry baskets and washing machines across the suburbs by a team of highly skilled and sneaky house mice. No two alike, they come in a variety of designs and fabrics. 
Now, I think this light brown wool sock, uh, snake sleeping bag, would be just perfect for you. Though if you prefer a more casual design, this sporty little number came on the market this morning. Ooh, stretchy white cotton, and look, those stripes at the top of the bag are nearly identical to your own. Or if you're looking for... But Simon had had enough. You're a sales mouse, he said indignantly. Molly looked confused. Well, yes, of course. You tricked me, Simon hissed. You never had any intention of buying my shoes. Molly's cheeks turned pink, and she stamped her little foot, the one still wearing the high heel. I didn't trick you. I was being nice. Only so you could make a sale, he snapped. Just like you, Mr. Traveling Sail Snake. If you weren't trying to sell me shoes, you would have probably tried to eat me. That was the last straw. I don't eat mice anymore, Simon howled. And then Molly shrieked back something far too insulting to say aloud in a children's story. And before long, the two were screaming and shouting so loudly. That they didn't hear the ominous rustle of leaves behind them. And they didn't see the glowing yellow eyes tracking their every movement. It just so happened that those glowing eyes belonged to Wally Weasel. And in addition to those scary eyes, he had a set of sharp, pointy teeth. And Wally the Weasel was hungry. He watched the snake and mouse argue. They were too distracted to notice that inch by inch, he crept closer to them. Why, I'll have dinner and dessert, he thought, licking his lips. He was almost upon them. He took one more step forward and began to reach out towards the snake with his sharp claws. Meanwhile, Simon was furious. Who did this Molly Mouse think that she was, trying to trick him into buying a, well, a rather comfy-looking sleeping bag? But that wasn't the point. Then he saw the expression on her face change. Her mouth dropped open, and all of a sudden she looked frightened. Good, he thought. He must have made his point quite well. He watched as she quickly removed the yellow shoe from her foot, drew back her arm, and yelled, Duck! Duck? And now she's calling me names, he thought. But just as he was getting ready to call her a turtle, he saw a shadow loom over him. A tall shadow with two outstretched sets of claws, and suddenly he felt frightened too. Molly again shouted, Duck! And this time Simon listened. He ducked his head down right as Molly threw the shoe. 
After watching it soar over his head, he turned just in time to see it bonk a terrifying looking weasel right in the nose. Youch! squealed the weasel angrily as he flailed his arms and grabbed his injured nose. Simon darted through his legs just seconds before the weasel recovered and tried to grab him. He missed his tail by an inch, and Simon slithered away as fast as he could, heading for a cluster of bushes to hide in as the weasel chased after him. He had never moved so fast in his entire life and had just about made it to safety. When he realized the weasel was no longer on his tail. Oh, thank goodness, he thought. But when he turned around, to his dismay, he saw that the weasel must have decided that Molly would make an easier snack. He had her cornered, her back pressed up against a tree. She frantically looked left to right, up and down. There was no path to escape. Simon looked towards the safety of the bushes. With the weasel distracted, he could be on his way to the next forest and might even have time to make a sail before bedtime if he hurried. But then he looked back at Molly. That annoying little mouse had saved him. He had to try and help her, but what could he do? He was no match for a weasel. He wasn't poisonous. He wasn't big. But Molly wasn't either of those things, and she had been clever enough to distract him with Simon's shoe. The weasel cackled loudly, and with one long claw, he plucked the mouse up by her tail. Molly squeaked and twisted, trying to free herself. Simon was running out of time. But then he got an idea. A clever idea that maybe wouldn't work, and he'd only have one chance, but he had to try. He wiggled his way over to Molly's stash and grabbed one of the sleeping bags with his jaws. He quickly slithered up a tree and out onto a branch that stretched over the weasel and the mouse. And just as the weasel announced, Dinner time! and opened wide his jaws, Simon took a deep breath and jumped, using the bag as a parachute. He plummeted through the sky, and just as the weasel was about to drop Molly into his mouth, Simon plopped the sleeping bag over his head. The weasel snarled in surprise, dropping the mouse, and Simon crashed into the ground. Jump on! he shouted. Molly wrapped her arms around him, and he raced towards the safety of the bushes. Wally Weasel stumbled across the forest floor with a roar, trying to follow them, but with the sock on his head blocking his view, he instead ran smack into a tree. Bonk! The weasel fell over with a flop, out cold. Simon and Molly were quiet for a moment. Then Molly let out a tiny giggle. And Simon let out a tiny snort. And before long, the two creatures were laughing so hard they could barely breathe. When the giggles finally subsided, Simon looked over at his new friend and confessed. 
I'm tired of being a traveling sales snake. I'm tired of trying to convince mice I'm not going to eat them when all I want to do is sell them fancy shoes. And Molly looked over at her new friend and said, I'm tired of being a traveling sales mouse. I'm tired of wearing garlic perfume so snakes don't eat me when all I want to do is sell them comfortable sleeping bags. Then they both said at the same time, I have an idea. Though when Molly saw that Simon was holding his nose with his tail, she whispered, Maybe I should take a bath first. Two weeks later, all the snakes and mice in the forest attended the grand opening of Molly Mouse and Simon Snake's Shoes for Mice and Sleeping Bags for Snake Store. They were still workshopping the name. It was a perfect partnership. With Molly working the register, Simon didn't have to convince any mice that he wasn't going to eat them. And with Simon stocking shelves, Molly didn't have to wear that stinky garlic perfume anymore. They sold more shoes and sleeping bags than ever before. Simon finally moved his family into the three-hole den on the hill, and the first book he read from his sleeping bag in his new bedroom was a book Molly loaned him, a novel by a Russian author, The Brothers Scaramousoff. He was branching out from snake-related literature. The mouse and the snake became the best of friends, and everyone was happy. Except for Wally Weasel, who still can't get that sock off his head. What was your favorite part of that story? Uh, maybe I should take the bath first. That was pretty good. Hey, Dad, does recording listening pawn stuff count as my chores? Sure, why not? Yes. See you, See you next, next time, time on Listening, listening Pond. Pond.